Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hagan. I'm working at- An Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on the Chuck and Julie Show. Well, hello, everybody. Chuck and Julie, Chuck Bonneville. Julie Hayden and Truth Straight Up brought to you by uh, by AmericaCitizenPress.com. Great conservative website. I um, have all they carry up besides us, they carry a lot of columns from Tom Tancredo as well. Right, and right. Dr. Senogenics and Dr. Julie McAllen. Um, so in a moment, we're going to have one of the the new CD8 uh, candidate, GOP candidate for a Colorado Board of Education, crucial role going on in Colorado right now. Also at 3:30, Michael Tao. Um, he's finally emerges, he said, back in the saddle and he's writing again. Um, People who have listened to us are familiar with him. He's got an interesting story about kind of taking a look at the North uh, South South Korea Korea, uh, COVID testing and essentially fake testing. His point is, has led to what he calls a fake pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also the latest on Ukraine, which is kind of changing minute by minute. And thank goodness Trudeau has said... It doesn't actually change by minute. It's the same thing. That's a good point. It's been since 2014. Yeah, good point. And good news in Canada, sort of, um, Trudeau has decided, okay, okay, I was just kidding about those emergency powers. I'm not going to push them after we're done with that. And I'll Jen- self-torture everybody and, and right. include my tyranny, but I, I don't need those other words. I don't, right yeah, I'll just do it on my own What now. a great guy. Right. What a great guy. But first, you want to introduce our guest? Sure. Um, Peggy Prost uh, used to be Peggy Littleton, and she mm-hmm. uh, was down in, in El Paso County, and now has come up to Adams County, and she's put her hat into the ring for... Uh, the Board of Education, which has been a lot of uh, splashes lately, um, in particular the recommendations uh, from a committee appointed by um, the governor on on a lot of ones that has to be approved like by the board. Social studies requirements, basically critical race theory curriculum sure, that sure. the Democrats are, are, are always, pushing. Always pushing. And so. let me give a little bit of a thing, because I looked this up too. I mean, I'm aware of the Colorado Board of Education, but the way it works, there were seven members, one from each congressional district. They served six-year terms. Um, and since we now have a new congressional district, that opens it up for um, an election. So you may be like, I don't remember voting on that. Well, you probably have for a while. And right now, this is only for the people in CDA, right, Peggy? Um, Well, we have because, and and you're exactly right, Julie, it's very different. So the way that this works is when we have an odd number of congressional districts, we only have one representative from each one of those congressional districts. However, when we have an even number of districts, we then add an at-large position. Ah. So we will have, be having, so Dan Malloy is running for an at-large position because we will have a ninth member now to make us an odd board. Um, as a matter of fact, Jared Polis, back when I was on the State Board of Education from 2004 to 2010, Jared Polis uh, came in um, from an, the at-large member because right. we went from you know seven congressional, six congressional dis- districts to seven. Okay. Well, and let me, as we've said, uh, uh, we have if we have dog issues, well, we'll take. We do this live from our Chuck and Julie World headquarters, also known as our basement. Um, but um, you know, the Colorado Board of Education, I think, probably has not. The races have not gotten a lot of attention. But but in this day and age, I think education no roles in general, people are realizing just how crucial they are. So why don't we let me toss you an open ended? Um, well, let, let her so, tell, so, tell us a little about, about herself. Yeah, that's what's going to say. Tell us about yourself and why you decided to run. Sure. Thank you so much. So, well, I, you know, I just really think because of this new eighth congressional district uh, that has been formed, we've never had a state board of education member for that district before. And I think it's really critical that we establish from the get go that this is going to be a Republican district, that we're going to hold it for Congress, we're going to hold it for state board of education. And having been on the state board of education already for seven years, I represented the fifth congressional district down in the Colorado Springs area. Um, And I also have had the wonderful opportunity of many different uh, ways and capacities that I've served in education and in uh, elected office. So after serving on the State Board of Education for seven years, I was actually county commissioner for eight years in Colorado Springs in El Paso County. Um, And from there, I went to go work for a technology company 
But during that time, I had the wonderful opportunity in going way back in my past. I homeschooled my kids for several, over seven years. Ah. I had the opportunity to be one of the founding parents and educators over at Cheyenne Mountain Charter Academy back when they started down in Colorado Springs. I had the opportunity to go uh, run a a federal grant called Gear Up out of the governor's office when Owens was our governor. And so from that and having been on several different school boards, um, in addition to that, you know, uh, the Colorado Classical Academy, uh, TCA down in Colorado Springs, the largest charter school in the state of Colorado. I was vice chair. Wow. Uh, TICA, the Imagine Classical Academy, I was chair for that uh, for many years and helped them get going. And so with my background in education, with my interest in being, you know, a literacy educator for Sopris West Educational Services for a few years, um, I really have a passion to go out and to serve the parents again and to make sure that our voices are heard from a very conservative perspective. And you kind of answered one of my biggest questions, and that is regarding charter schools. We're seeing in Denver with the very progressive board trying to get rid of them. Um, we're seeing what's going on in Douglas County, how vicious it's become. Our son goes to a charter school, which we are totally happy with. And to me, it's all about choice, right? As a parent, you should be able to choose what school you feel is best for your kids. So it sounds like obviously you're clearly in full support of, of the charter school option. Very, very much so. And actually, you know, underneath uh, my time during the State Board of Education is we when we established the Charter School Institute or CSI, so that if school districts turn down a charter school and say, we're not going to have you be in our district, they then can go and have the option to go to the State Board of Education to be approved by the State Board of ah, Education. Okay. And so that's really critical as well. What about, um, you know, let me get your thoughts, I guess, maybe not, I don't want to throw you into the fire there, specifically in Douglas County, but I think that there was a time when school boards, uh, you know, were probably kind of boring and, you know, not a lot happened. And that certainly is gone now. And it, the, well, the, they're, they're, they're always important, but well, they're the, always teachers, important, but people, yeah. the teachers took them over <laughs> early on because that suits had mm-hmm. to the salaries and everything else. So right. they've, they've long have been dominated by teachers unions. But as but but I guess let me ask you this, do you see we've seen how vicious the the teachers union has become. I mean, I've talked to parents in Douglas County and they're like, you know, this is not going to end and we are not going to back down, right? Yep, yep. Um and the media is not on their side. Do you see that happening at the State Board of Education too and is that something that you're ready for? You know, that's a great possibility, you know, in the in the Board of Education. That's why it's really critical, Julie, that we get my Self um, and or a candidate from the sixth CD. We are looking for one right now. And Dan Malloy, who's our, our at-large member, so that we can have a majority on the State Board of Education. You know, I was there that critical day, uh, August 3rd, 2010, when yeah. one of our State Board of Education members, Randy DeHoff, deflected and voted with the three Democrats. So there was a four vote to implement Common Core in the state of Colorado. Ah! And it made me so angry. If we would have had engaged parents back then, like we have now, people who are saying, my kids are not going to be indoctrinated. I don't want my kids learning critical race theory. I don't want them learning sexually inappropriate material in our schools, not under my watch. If we would have had that kind of energy back then, we might not have Common Core in the state of Colorado because you know what? Our kids are anything but common. No, well, and not only that, if I could find that person, I would go show him my kids' math stuff. We've got a fifth grader and say, okay, you explain multiplication graphs to him, you know, because I sure as heck can't. One of the things- They're, they're not that hard, but- Well, um, no, but what I mean though is, is um, it's, a, well, let me just finish. It is one of those things that's, that you think, oh, what's the difference? And then we also, during the pandemic, right? When you're sitting there trying to help your kid because the schools were closed down. And I know our son's teacher then in fourth grade said, look, just teach him how to multiply however you can, right? But it was, but I think, it is that pandemic and looking at that and everything that made parents wake up and say, wait, what are you teaching them? You know, I mean, our son to this day, he's a great kid and a smart kid, but he can't write because they quit teaching handwriting. I remember talking to his kindergarten teacher and she's like, yeah, they don't teach handwriting anymore. I'm like, what? You know? And so, and those are just minor. Well, but Common Core is, is, is that vote in in particular really uh, personifies what's wrong with the Republican party. Um, because Jeb Bush, um, uh-huh. who was the governor of Florida, was a huge supporter of Common Core. Yep. Follow um, the money. Follow, yeah, exactly. I was going to say, money. and the companies that, that yeah. profited and, off of and it, right? He called that, that board member, convinced him to, to do it. Um, That's exactly and, right. 
So Jeb Bush calls you, tell him you're busy. <laughs> well, but now, you know, to show you that we're really Charlie Brown and the Democrats are Lucy, um, you know, the Democrats said, hey, let's have a commission who will come up with social studies guidelines and everything else. And and who will appoint that that wonderful commission? Well, I know it'll be the Democratic governor. And so who does he appoint? He appoints far left people. They come with a far left mm-hmm. program. And now it goes up to the Board of Education. I'm not sure if they've approved it yet, but as Democrats, they will. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe if we can take over the Board of Education, we can we stop can, it. We can stop mm-hmm. it or revoke it. But but it's but but who decided that was a good idea? Republicans, the state legislature, they they backed it. Some overwhelmingly, no, overwhelmingly. Patrick Neville did not. No, Patrick Neville did not. But all the idiots in Weld County did. Um, and then then they come mm-hmm. back and say, "Oh, we're shocked." This happened, and you kind of go, right. How dumb can you be? I mean, it's just like the LEAP program. Right. I don't know where you stood on that. That's another massive democratic boondoggle that, that right. a few right. bucks would be thrown to Owens Way and some others, but mm-hmm. but basically it would take 150 to a half billion off the books and, and leave it to whatever the Democrats wanted to do with it. And, right. and Republicans, from the chairman to Owens to Hank Brown to God, you just go down the list. Of of mm-hmm. of Republicans who supported it, not us. Uh, well, I know, but it just mm-hmm. and it's it's so <laughs> difficult now, and, and there's so right. many positions that Democrats are running as Republicans. I know in Alabama, mm-hmm. they just they have a vetting process, and they threw various candidates out. We're mm-hmm. saying you're really Democrats running uh, for these somewhat obscure positions, um, mm-hmm. uh, and and we're not going to let you run as Republicans in Colorado. We don't, and that's why Catherine Murdoch is the biggest funder of of, of uh, races mm-hmm. in Colorado, and she's far left. But mm-hmm. so well, and I could I couldn't agree with you more because you know when we look at you know House Bill nineteen eleven ninety two that you're referencing, you know it's that commission with you know that's supposed to propose recommended revisions to our history and our civic standards in the state of Colorado. Um, the proposed revision in the uh, Colorado standards divides and separates our children into oppressed groups, right? Sure, sure. And it also introduces that an uh, age inappropriate, age inappropriate topic, topics such as our LGBTQ or bisexual or gay or transgender, starting in first grade, you know. And so it is inappropriate for them to go do this, as you say, because we have a Democrat-controlled state board of education right now. Will they probably adopt some of the recommendations made by this panel? Probably. But the good news is, as I've checked into this with, um, you know, State Board of Education members, um, you know, Steve Durham and Dr. Deborah Scheffel and Joyce Franken, who have all endorsed me, by the way, um, because they would really like to see us all work together, who've said that if we get a majority this next year, when we get a majority, we're going to be positive of of true conservatives. We're going to go back and undo that. We're going to go back and reverse that back to the high model content standards that reflect Colorado values, not the indoctrination of our children. Well, and you know, and you're right. I just want to go back to the fact that majority in in, in the House, Mm -hmm. a large majority in the Senate, almost all of them decided this is a good idea. And and I'm not sure um, why Republicans do things like that or why (laughs) they say leap's a great idea. I mean, I have, I have trouble just, just kind of going, what are you doing? You're just doing what they want you to do. And they do it yeah. time and time again. I think we need somebody like you on the Board of Education. Steve Durham is a good friend. He was one of the house yeah. crazies with our friend Tom Tancredo. Right. Um, and uh, he'll be great up there. And, and we really well, need been. some people who, who've been through it before and, and know how, how, how it works. How it yes, works. So you're and, not how, going to... and, and the Democrats are never nice. And um, it sounds <laughs> like, though, you're going in with your eyes open oh, is, yeah. on two fronts. Number one, it sounds like in terms of just how it works anyway and, mm-hmm. and how political it can get. And, and also, from what I'm hearing you say, what's at stake here? That, that it's, you know, it's, you know, no more reaching out all the branches and saying, oh, we're going to be bipartisan mm-hmm. here. It's like we have to stand up for our kids. And it's absolutely like you can hold the line when the legislature does incredibly stupid, um, inappropriate mm-hmm. things, then we can then you That's guys right. can hold that line between their progressive policies and the classroom. 
Absolutely, Julie. And that is true. We've got to have people that are A, experienced, such as myself. I could walk in and not have any fire hose stuck in my mouth. I could go <laughs> be doing this job tomorrow, right? Because I know what we can do. And to have people that have a true conservative track record of having voted conservative and put right. policies in. If people want to go look at my track record right now, all they have to do is Google Peggy Littleton because okay. I just got married this summer. Okay, so if they Google Peggy Littleton. They'll get to go to my wiki page and find out the good, the bad, and the ugly about me. And I have a track record of having voting conservative. We've got to have people who are going to be able to stand up and be bold, um, bold people that will stand against the tide and make very constructive arguments on why we are doing what we are doing to implement those conservative values. Because the most important thing we can do is come alongside and let parents know that they have a voice. They are the ones who are in charge of their children's education. Pretty much, I'm sure the Bible says that we are, we, the parents are to train up our children in the way they should go. And then when they're old, they'll not depart from it. That's our responsibility in the schools are to come alongside and assist in that by going back to the basics of reading, writing, and arithmetic, of instilling in them, you know, the opportunity. When we have only 32% of the kids in the state of Colorado who graduate from third grade, if you want to put it that way, who matriculate from third to fourth grade, who can read at grade level, we are doing a grave injustice to them by not setting them up on a trajectory for success for any other content area. Right. Well, and I think one thing too, and what's your thought on this, this whole issue has, I think, really sparked, I mean, Gret, I'd love to hear you say conservative values, but I think there are a lot of parents out there who maybe don't look at themselves as conservative or maybe don't look at themselves as liberal, but who just solely care about what's going on for their kids. And this is one race in particular Absolutely. where that's all that really you're going to be focusing on. We don't care what your view is on pipelines or anything like that, right? And so, so I think mm-hmm. any parent out there who wants to be like you just said, in charge, the one, they're the one in charge of their kids and their kids' education. And they're the ones who can say, this is appropriate. This is inappropriate. I mean, they need mm-hmm. to vote for people like you because it, it's, you. It, because it's, and I think there's a lot of people who would, who maybe wouldn't have a few years ago. What do you think? Mm-hmm. I think there, that's absolutely the truth because really the, you know, the one only good thing the only good thing about the pandemic and school shutting down is that parents had their eyes open and were absolutely horrified at what their kids were learning. Um, They were shocked. And this has become a nonpartisan issue. I don't care if you're a Democrat, an independent or a Republican, but we have got to come back. Parents want to have schools teach what they were intended to teach, how to read, how to write, how to do arithmetic, how to think instead of being told what to think. Right. And so I think this is a nonpartisan issue. And I really think that we can rally around this together and let parents know that, you know, I don't represent when I'm on the State Board of Education, just the kids in the 8th Congressional District. We represent every single child in the state of Colorado. Right. Right. Well, where can Uh, Peggy met her husband at the Pueblo meeting down last fall? Um, I think that's right. Um, no, no, I, no, I actually I met him up skiing last, last March. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay touch, okay. He's got somebody else. Now you can just notice. Well, Peggy, where can people, so you're running in CD8, mm-hmm. um, for the school board seat. Um, where can people find out more about you? Um, if they want to donate, if they want to get involved. Well, I assume right. you have an opponent and, and there'll be, you'll, you'll have a caucus system mm-hmm. unless somebody's going to. Uh, petition on are, are are you going through the caucus or petition i'm going through the i'm going through the caucus you know if you can't get republicans to vote for you that are that are like solid republicans you know it's just like when i ran for u.s senate right you know go through the caucus to go through the process i'm not going to buy my way on the ballot um and so i do have two republican opponents at this point in time um one of them nobody knows anything about um including myself i mean i've, I've looked her name up on tracer and that's all i know about her um and then i do have another opponent um a young man from weld county great kid worked on my senate campaign have nothing negative to say about him i just think that somebody who's 23 and hasn't had kids uh and doesn't have the experience that i have um maybe this isn't their race this time um and so far at this point in time we have we don't have a democrat opponent um i'm sure that there were I was going to say, didn't the one the woman who is running for Congress, right? It was a pediatrician, very progressive Democrat, initially was talking about it, and then I think ended up running for something else. So, but I think you're right; they'll come up with somebody. They always will. It'll be awful person. 
Yeah. So they, they, I mean, they will, but you know, quite honestly, I really feel like a lot of Democrats and independents are going to fall in our camp this year. How can you say that these are not the values that we went all inculcated within our kids? Read, write, spell, do math well, learn how to think, not be told what to think. Um, parents agree on that, right. you know, just despite the party that they're in. Exactly. So where again, do you have a website set up that people can go to? So I yet? don't, yeah, I don't yet, but people can Google Peggy Littleton slash Probst and they'll find my wiki page. Um, I also, and I think you guys already have this, but I can show it up here and then sure, this sure, is sure. a way that people can contribute. So they can go to, it's going to, let's see if it, is it going to do this? I'm not uh, sure. <laughs> oh, 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 is this a QR gonna, code? QR oh code. yeah, I don't know. It's going to go to the QR code. There we uh, go. There, okay. Okay, yep, they'd be able to, okay. All right. Well, and we'll, you know what? And we can just keep us posted too, Peggy, if you want, just keep in touch with us. Right. And when you get a website set up and if you want to do that, then let us know and we can let people know about Sounds that good. too. Yeah. Well, and people certainly can email me at Peggy Probst 007 at gmail.com. It's Peggy P-E-G-G-Y-P-R-O-P-S-T-007 at gmail.com. Um, if they'd like to send a check, they can send the contributions. My campaign finance folks are up in uh, uh, Fort Lupton. It's P.O. Box 432, Fort Lupton, Colorado, 80621. Okay. So, so they can so send that that way too. for James Bond or why the 007? <laughs> I know. Uh, you know, it just it happened a long time ago, a couple of decades ago. People are like, you're just kind of always out there and just shooting the enemy down, aren't you? You're kind of like 007. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. Hey, one couple more. Just one. We got to think. What year and what name when you ran? Did you run for Congress or was it Senate? What did you run for? I ran for U.S. Senate in 2016 against Michael Bennett. Okay. Under Peggy um, I was Under Peggy Littleton. Yeah. Okay. Just so. one of our listeners was asking that. Okay. Well, listen, thank you for your thanks time. For you on. sound we great. It. Um, we need so, people like thanks. you on the school board. So appreciate you taking thank the time you. to do that. Board of Education. Thanks, Chuck Education. and Julie. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. you for thank, thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Okay, okay sure. Bye-bye. All right. That's Peggy Probst, thanks. everybody. Um, and I, it sounds like well, she's very available and I'm sure she'll get something up and running there too. Um, and that is, I think you probably have to be in CD8 to vote for her though, right? Yes. Okay. Um, well, good for her. It sounds like she's, you know, again, I think people are paying attention to these school and education races and the state board of education seems crucial. I mean, if we could get a conservative majority there. Well, it's, 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 it's incredibly important. It's incredibly important considering just that social studies thing. Right. Where the legislature, they ram things through. Um, So real quick, switching gears here a little bit, want to bring you guys up to speed because things are changing. Like you say, changing, not changing in Ukraine. Um, Remember, the Russians are going to invade (laughs) at any minute now. now. Well, but it's not as not this Wednesday, maybe not last Wednesday, maybe next Wednesday. They're going to do an incursion. Um, An incursion, and that's an invasion. And that's here's here's the bottom line: is um, Biden is an idiot in the way he's handled this. He's got what, like only 26. I think they thought this was going to save them from all the other bad news. But now what's coming out is number one, like there's some poll, only 26% of the people polled think that United States, and, and this included even Democrats, well, they should play any kind of major role in the Russia Ukraine conflict. So Americans don't care about it. Number two. Well, we just got our wonderful helpfulness in, over in Afghanistan. Yeah. Which was yeah, such yeah. A <laughs> that was so great. Let's yeah, try that again. Right. You know? yeah, that's well, that's why I was laughing. That's why they don't want to send any lethal aid over there because when we abandon the country and the Russians take it over, then they'd have all of our equipment again. Well, but you have to understand that's the military contractors love that. Well, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, we lost oh, it all. Great. That's Buy a good some point. more from us. Um, Biden, remember one of the first things he did in office was get rid of the sanctions on that pipeline. Nord well, Stream 2. N- Nord Stream 2. Well, now he's put them back in place. Even some of the uh, the liberal media were kind of pressing him on that, saying, well, why, why did you do that then? Why are you doing it now? Why didn't you do it sooner? You know, I think that the bottom line problem that Biden has is twofold. One, threefold. One, no one cares. Secondly, there really isn't very much he can do short of going in there and opening war with tanks and bombs and things like that. And three, all of the sanctions and the things that he's doing, I think, are going to end up hurting us way more than Russia. So, And which Russia knows. I mean, I was reading Russia has been really these sanctions have been in place since 2014 when they invaded Crimea. Right. Right, right. When when Biden sent a blanket. Well, then we did all the other all the other sanctions. for their interfering with uh, our election in 2016. Right. That was another whole set of, of sanctions. And you kind of go, well, how many sanctions are left? 
Right. Um, and 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 who do they really affect? I mean, it's just well, and again, they're they're trying to aim on the people in this inner circle. Like they didn't think this was possible. I mean, I was reading a thing. What Russia's done since 2014 is it has in some of its friendly surrounding countries, it's sort of set up so they they say, okay, well, you can't do American businesses, can't do business, banking institutions, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So they essentially have the equivalent of offshore accounts, right? And right, they just right. kind of run everything through there. Right. So he doesn't care. In the meantime, because oil is now over a hundred dollars a barrel. Remember when Trump was, was it president? Well, it's, it's pushing it. It's pushing it again. Um, remember when Trump was president and it was like at zero dollars a barrel, yeah, right? Which while, had yeah. its own set. Okay, so Russia's been stockpiling all of this money. They're making an enormous amount of money. Meanwhile, Biden, the same day he's like going to impose the sanctions, or maybe a day later also basically stops oil and gas drilling and leasing and things in this country and then says, well, it's, it's Putin's fault. The gas prices are going up. Gas was over $6 a gallon in California. Well, that, that should be 10 there. Um, Yeah, well, then they'll all come here again. Oh, but I mean, I, I, not. I don't think, and I guess this is my question to maybe guys in the comments, or if you want to call in, 888-627-6008, 888-627-6008. I think the Biden administration, which is completely inept, did this and, and hyped this all up because it's no different than back in 2014. And Obama because it has nothing else to do. You know, right. Everything else is embarrassing. You know, inflation, you know, oh, we're, we're much better off with inflation. I mean, I mean they just and, and, and Kamala Harris was a, was a tremendous um, asset when over you there. started a major and, speech. Hey, listen, guys. Listen, guys. Listen, guys. This could be like a war. Do you, I know European guys get it over in Europe. I mean, Europe, it's been like 70 years, 70 so you years. may not remember. Uh-huh. You're not, well, you might have forgotten 1990 and the whole, and the whole Yugoslavia breaking up, which cost <laughs> a couple hundred thousand people. But uh, that's, 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 you know, let's not get picky. But my question is, though, I, so they did it, I think, to try to distract and boost Biden's popularity. <laughs> um, but it, I don't think it's working. And do you think it's going to work? And it, I don't know. And I'm going to say, well, I'm going to say, I think it's not going to work because Americans don't care about Ukraine. I think it's also going to boomerang because people aren't going to say, well, I mean, I think they're going to try to pretend like um, that all of the inflation and all that oil and gas and the energy prices, which are a direct result of his green policy decisions, are actually because of Russia. And people aren't going to buy that, I don't think. And I think people well, are going to dislike they, him even more. They lie to us every day. So who knows what they, what they, uh, what they can fool or not fool us, but but Biden doesn't seem to be particularly good at fooling us, and you know Obama was was much better at it. Uh, but but who knows? I mean, who knows how it's all going to occur? Let me look. Oh, okay. Hey guys, if you were hey guys, hey listen guys, hey guys. Um, you know, war in Europe would be no, like, it would not be say, good. Peggy not has good. Peggy has posted for everybody her phone number, her email, and then um, the site where if you want to donate to her, you can go. This is from Jacob, real quick before we go to Michael, who I see there. If Russia invades Ukraine and goes through all of Ukraine's financial information on the oil companies, wouldn't they find out what Hunter Biden was really up to, and then Joe Biden will be compromised? One can only. Mm-hmm. Hope, Jacob. One can only hope. If Joe Biden hasn't been compromised already, it'd be a well. Yeah, you'd think that maybe too. He could Putin could just ask the mayor of Moscow's wife why she yeah. sent him all that money too. Right, right. Well, it gave gave the Clintons, uh, you know, right, same exactly. Thing. And and of course, they're they're beggars compared to what China throws us, but uh, in yeah. all our elites, so. amazing stuff. But I see Michael Tao on our favorite genius, clearerpicture.net is where you can yep. get all this stuff. Yep. He's got, hey, Michael. Well, it so takes me like four or five, six months to get things done, but. Well, hey, when you, but when you do it, it's that's what I was telling folks at the beginning of the show, you're back in the saddle again, writing. You've got a piece coming out on Revolver. I've been writing. I just haven't been finishing. Uh-huh. Looks like the, you got the heat back on. <laughs> uh, it's got, yeah, it got, it got warm again. Well, here it's like below zero. It's like, you know, I was trying to fit, but we won't go into that. So is your is your piece up yet on Revolver.news or is it still in like the queue? No, it's like, it's whenever, you know, they're often a couple days late, but I always think like, have I gone too far this time? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I don't know now. It's not, it's not up yet. It's loaded in the, in the, in the queue. Okay. So well, instead, so you can get this, this is okay. We got a, we got a caller in, but I want the caller just to hang on here for a second. Um, But I want you, well, actually maybe, do you mind? Let me take the call real quick and then I'll get you to explain because yours is tricky. Okay. Johnny. Johnny from Denver. Hey, welcome to the show. Yeah. I have a feeling that uh, this is a a, a, a long-term, yeah, I'm here. Can you hear? Yep, you hear Hello? Chuck and Julie. Hello. Yes, can you hear me? We can. Yeah. Hello? Hello. 
Oh. Yeah, can you hear me? We can. Go ahead. What, what's on your mind? Oh, okay. I, I just think this is a, a long-term uh, plan that the Democrats have is to make you hurt uh, so bad as far as like the gas prices till, uh, to make you believe that, well, maybe uh, uh, windmills and all this other stuff will work, but nobody has a plan of like when the batteries run out, where do you bury these batteries because they don't dispose of themselves by themselves for a very long time. So I just think it's just uh, one of the, the um, not well-planned things Democrats are trying to do us. This. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, nope. yeah, trying to get us. Yeah, just trying to get us out of out of cars, uh, into these uh, you know little boxes, of apartments, boxes. and light and riding light right. rail, so, so we can follow their plan. And it's it's always not because we want to, but it's by force, little bit by little bit. So. Nope. Right. I think you're right. I think you're right. Thanks, Johnny. Hey, thank you. We're going to go to Michael now. Right, hey, Michael, later. real quick. Sandra's saying she's looking forward to what you have to say. And Charlene is like, one thing she's sure of, whatever we get through the media is not the real story. But what you get through, Michael Tao, That's is sure the real story. Me. So you've got, you, you opened up the piece, which, which um, you know, you can get it here. You can get it at clearpicture.net. Talking about the the uh, South Korean success testing, story. Success story. The testing success story. Why don't you uh, explain that to us? So this is like a foundational myth of like the COVID. If COVID was like a cult instead of the hard scientific thing we all know it to be, this would be like a central uh, part of the doctrine of of the cult. If that's, you know, that's what it were. So um, there are stories all over the place. So South Korea, they they had, and if you buy the data behind that makes you believe in COVID-19, then you can't. This is the conclusion you have to draw. South Korea had very low death in case numbers in the beginning. Like, no, nothing to speak of, actually. Like, it could have just been um, nothing. And uh, everyone's like, hmm, like, well, why is that? And they said, well, it's because they did mass testing, right? And back then, I looked into it, and what I found was, like, way back when it was happening in 2020, what I found was South Korea was doing very little testing. Then I was stupid, right? I didn't think, so is maybe their whole story is a lie that South Korea is doing. <laughs> I thought, oh, they must be doing more. Like, I thought, oh, they're telling the truth about something. Like, that's what I made that dumb assumption you can ever make. I said, like, oh, South Korea, they must just be the best of a lot of low testing things. And I went on. And they, you know, here year or two goes by and I'm thinking about this and I, suddenly I got back to those South Korean low numbers and now after studying this for years I, I immediately go okay let's look at the testing criteria because that's where it's going to be that's right. like the first thing I do so I, I, it took me a while but I get the South Korea Ministry of Public Health and Welfare webpage and they give you an English language version even so you don't even have to rely on Google and they got these harsh requirements, like, good luck getting since eight, and they're dated April uh, 3rd. These, these articles are coming out in April, like, and there's always a point. It's not just that, like, it's like, has nothing to do with reality. It's America needs to ramp up testing to South just Korea. Just like South Korea, right. right. Except I, South I Korea show, wasn't testing. In an interesting way, like, by patching together the story from quotes from, like, Right. Dozen, dozen different outlets. So it's the lesson we're supposed to take is we got to do more testing like South Korea. You know, it's exposing what they said. So this time I'm like, OK, I found it. It's in the testing criteria. And then I'm like, you know, why don't I again? It's like stupid. OK, why don't I actually see what the testing rates were? And then like it's like, oh, my God, those mother blankers. Like so <laughs> South Korea is starting April. Right, has ha- is doing half the per capita testing April first in the U.S. All these articles are coming out April through May. They still tell this story, right? Um, South Korea went down a little. The U.S. like shot up nine times, almost nine times by the by May first. But then you look at throwing like Canada, Germany, you know, the big Western nations, America, South Korea, and your graphic. South Korea is at the bottom starting March 26th, I think it was, 2020. And then they stay at the bottom the whole year. Everybody else gives up and they're just like... Oh. So it's like a pain. 
like so America's like South Korea. So one thing, oh, their C- their CDC says people without symptoms and anxiety, you need to chill. Like they say, like <laughs> they say there's no need to get um a COVID test. Like, please don't bother it. They're like, just please listen to your doctors. There's no need to get a COVID test, right? Whereas like in America, um people think like you know, it's well, perfectly fine. It's, it's like basically treated like a basic human right to get a COVID test. Well, I mean, I remember doing the thing. So, so basically what you're saying is, is in South Korea, as I understood your article, number one, you had to actually have symptoms. And on top of that, you had to have been in, had contact with somebody who had a confirmed case as opposed Within to 14 days. Yeah. So, so in America, you look at the CDC's instructions and in a way it doesn't matter because we all know people think I got a throat tickle. It could be, I need to get a COVID test. It's like, um, I got like, I, I, I'm just anxious. I'm worried. It's fine. Get a COVID test. So you don't even need, but yeah. The, so the CDC says like, if you have any symptoms, get tested. South Korea's symptoms aren't getting you tested um, unless you've had contact with the confirmed case or like a whole out South Korean outbreak in the last 14 days. Or you've just returned from overseas. Well, as I understand your article. like the next country, but from overseas, right? Right. Um, As I understand your article, we all got conned into into wanting to do massive testing based on the South Korean model, which was just a lie because they didn't do much testing. That was was one, the South Korean thing was one huge pillar in the mythology. That was the thing. So they didn't push us. You know, it took me a while to see that the fine details. We weren't pushed directly into lockdown. The lockdown stuff was seeded, certainly, like with Spanish flu stuff coming up. But what they did was the immediate push. If you go back and read what we were told, Tedros declares the pandemic. Testing, testing, testing. Literally, the, the, that's right. a quote. Like, Fauci and Redfield testified to Congress the day before um, he, he declares it the pandemic. Testing, testing. We need to test, 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 test. That was like the thing they did. And what testing is, it means like immediately when you're like saying you, you want to be testing everybody, you're you're constructing a fake numbers, not trying to find out. Right. Real. And the thing is, and maybe this is, I don't know, I'll have to see, maybe this is too much to say in an article, or maybe they're just like behind, whatever. But like, you got to think it's like so somebody says to you, Oh, yeah, these guys, there's a new infection. We're calling it COVID-19. These South Koreans, look at their numbers, right? And look at our numbers. And then you dig into it, like, for, like, I don't know, a day. It's not really that long, a couple days, right? You look into it. You find out that the whole thing all is about is, like, testing. doesn't anything about reality at all. Why are you going (coughs) to, excuse me, why are you going to then um believe in this COVID-19 thing. Like that's what I don't I know because you're used to it and well I think what they did is when they well let me just when they started pushing the testing, remember back at the beginning, people who had no symptoms at all were waiting in line for you know for hours to get testing. You can still get tests all over the place, right? And it is a kind of I should get testing from that coughing. I just did. Well, exactly. Yeah, we right. should get it because people out there are going, yeah, right. <laughs> they're right. turning off the broadcast because they think I just coughed COVID through the internet. Right. I mean, it, but what it does is it spreads a fear. It's kind of like, you know, sometimes like when you listen to those like um, commercials at late night selling pharmaceuticals and they talk about the symptoms, they're like, well, I have that. Right. And you're like, so it's kind of like fatigue. What is that fatigue? I, I mean, yeah. and I think. It, it, what it, my life is one is if, if I didn't have one of these symptoms in a day, I wouldn't know if I was alive. I mean, well, and then, and I think that what it did on top of everything, like you said, sort of the fake testing led to what you're calling the fake pandemic. I agree. It's a fake pandemic, but I think what it did is it sort of served to create this fear. It's like, well, everybody I know is being well, tested. The, look, look at all these cases. There are more and more cases is rising and rising and so rising. And nothing, nothing people need to like realize it only hit me the other day, but it's like crucial. So people know. They, they conflated deaths dying with and dying from, so the death numbers right. are worthless. Why they still listen to anything about COVID-19, I don't know, but they, but they do. But you got to think about it. Okay, death is just one symptom that we happen to be particularly concerned of. Right. All the symptoms are, are working the same way. Somebody tests positive, they show a symptom, they say, okay, the symptoms caused by COVID-19. That's just, what you got to see is you're, 
your criticism of the death thing you've been making that's like devastating for you. The same thing. Now you got to do that to every symptom of the damn thing. Right. The same exact reasoning is going on. So what do you got? You got no reason to believe, even if the virus, there's a virus, whatever, that it causes any. I mean, it's like we're so far from anything that could, could be real and we're so obviously being manipulated. I, why would you still keep believing? Why would you keep listening to these people? Right, right. If you, that's my point at the end of the article. If you listen, you lose. Like, like, why are we talking about COVID-19? It's like, it's like the, the level of deceit is so high and people are going like, yeah, well, you know, they, they lied about every fundamental thing, clearly with an aim in mind. They've shown no concern for our well-being. But the fundamental story, sure, that's, that's the oh, yeah, like yeah, the, the the DNC was hacked. It's like no, it wasn't. The fundamental. Well, you know, here's like, a- you're let's think about it. You, you're planning this thing, and you said you got you're all rich guy China guy. You're all like you're all there in a room. You're planning it, and you got it all planned out. You got like okay, we'll seed the ground in February and January with these preposterous videos out of China. People forget about them later. We'll put that. That will get like the whole thing in, in their minds, right? People dropping down in the streets, children wrapped in plastic. Then we'll start ramping up the media about how oh, the virus is spreading. Then Tedros will declare a pandemic when there's hardly any cases like at all. Like if you look at the data, um, then we'll get you plan on that. And one guy raises his hand One junior guy in the corner raises his hand and says, wait a minute. We forgot to actually create the virus. Oh. <laughs> and then they beat him. They throw him out of the room. Like it's like, what, what's the a virus like, <laughs> like where it's a wheel that spins nothing it's like it's you not being able to let go of the programming of bombarding you with the word pandemic bombarding you with the word covid-19 like right. you can't let these words like so when people they're not talking to you if people aren't talking to you don't listen to them right? like but no here's what I think you hear what they're saying if if you have to deal with it and understand the manipulation, but don't listen. Like, it's like, it's like you wind up like you're arguing with the guy trying to sell you oceanfront property in Kansas. And you're arguing with him that all the salt water has degraded the foundation of the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> the price is too, and you prove by his own principles that the price is too high. Yeah. Like, and, and he goes like, you know, and you argue about it. And it's kind of like, you're like nuts, really. Like, <laughs> What do you think about this, though? Because what I think is slowly coming out, and I'm wondering what that's going to happen with all of this, is the information about the dangers of the vaccine. That's we're, we're never see, I mean, out. we've seen stuff that's coming from insurance companies. It's already so bad of- that it's kind of like, what? So you got to think of it. Swine flu, there were like 50, 60 vaccine injuries, right? They canceled it, right? And they didn't do it this time. And people don't understand the lesson of that. They say, aha, that means they should have canceled it this time early on. No, it means they learned their lesson. It means they saw <laughs> that they need to bury the data next time. Because right. if they don't bury the data, people are going to be like drop, they keep them dropping dead. So I don't know. At this point, you have to kind of like, you can smell the dead bodies. Like You got to kind of be like, just not looking. It's so obvious. that Right. Um, right. Well, now, why, I mean- would you, why would you think this is safe? Like, injecting stuff that puts foreign RNA that has never been proven to be in any virus, right? right. Um, that And they have a version of it that no animal, and that it's not a natural occurring sequence. It goes in your cells. It makes them grow spikes. Nobody has any idea how far in it goes, but the rat and mouse, mouse study, brain, every organ. We're everywhere, right. Organs, and, you're, and it forces your cells to grow a spike, your heart, your brain, you don't know, right? And it's kind of like, you're going to do that, really? Because like, oh, I think well, and then, well, and here's the thing, too. I just think you're like, get away from me. Like, I'm afraid. I don't and I kind of wonder what's going to happen. So, for instance, Denver has announced after firing people and forcing people to get the vaccine. And we've had Randy Corporate talking about 
horrific results and, and you know, symptoms that people have developed since then when he's representing in a lawsuit. Denver now says, OK, they're getting rid of the vaccine mandate. Chicago's put in the vaccine mandate. Do you think I mean, I, I mean, I think lawyers should be lining up to I mean, if I can get like bobbed by a cop at the George Floyd protest and get hundreds of thousands of dollars for that, you would think that if, I mean, I'm hoping that there are lawyers lining up to represent the people who were forced you know, to get you don't know, is the system going to it's. Yeah. yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, it's, a, yeah, it's like, wait, who are we counting on Kavanaugh? Like, to say oh, yeah. like yeah, right, and, right. Uh, Barrett, are that are those the people? Now, I you know, I mean, it's kind of like to me, it's kind of like it's beyond all that. It's like it's just like so heinous and big and like awful that there's just like. It's hard just for me to see like any kind of way this resolves itself like some no. people. Well, um, and it's become so hard to know what what is true and what's not true. I think the one thing that happened is it's all I, lies. Like everything right. is it's pretty actually easy. Like everything they say is a, is a lie. Just it's it is. Like there's no it's yeah, it's the government telling you it's a well, and you notice Fauci isn't on so much anymore. But then I think people get yeah, into I life. think people are sick of it. I think the government, right. the powers that be are realizing, and it isn't that they rashly to see the light it's like they've seen like they've been watching um i don't know star trek for four seasons now and it's just been going on too long right so <laughs> those people are at that stage with the show there's some like diehards but they're gonna wear their star trek gear their masks right they're gonna watch reruns they, there's plenty of reruns now they have enough reruns for the for the like hardcore fans of the show Everybody else, I think they think she is tired of the show, but like you gotta think, like, so they they for the first time ever they said we're gonna rearrange things before the disease shows up. They like do crazy shit, they lock down no old people with no company, only people in masks and gloves seeing them. Um, they shut down like everyone's business, people can't make a living. They did just like insane stuff before. There was any symptoms. So then you got to like say to yourself, well, how do I know they did such a big thing and they never, I mean, they never talked about costs. No. Do you think there's going to be like a return Fauci rerun thing where people kind of go, we'll have, we'll have like six months or a year. And then everybody will just remember back in their youth when Fauci was coming all the no. time. And they'll be doing tours. <laughs> I hope he goes to prison. I, I don't know why, it's, but 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 it's like from their perspective, they won because we're not oh, yeah. going back and saying from the beginning this was like evil. You brought down on our heads, and like maybe we're not going to get revenge. Maybe we're not going to get anything. But we want you to know we know what you did to us, right? Like um. No one's doing that, so they won. They can next time they can do if there is a next time if they're not planning they're just well, they the so right. next time they can do again as far as they can take it, and it'll it, be a little it further. The whole censorship thing, right? I mean, now insurrection is the danger, but it launched the whole. I mean, we were kicked off of YouTube because we were putting out dangerous misinformation. All the de- like, you know, the Queen Elizabeth, you know, uh, you know, is now taking ivermectin. Congressional yeah, people got. This I is mean, the thing too. It's like. You read the people who don't believe any of it, who don't believe this virus, and you watch their videos, and they calmly give facts. They just give facts, and then here's what they claim. Here's why it's false. Here's what they say in these three papers. Here's why it's not true. So that's the people who believe there's no virus. It's all BS. You believe. You read the people who believe in all this stuff, and it's like, how do they argue? Like, you're bad. You're dangerous. <laughs> you're like, you can't say that. So which side? Do you need to even ask which side is telling the truth? Good I mean, point. Good point. Well, and here's from Jacob. He's saying the return of Fauci will be in front of Congress and a grand jury. You know, I wish. But everybody's focused right. on the Wuhan lab. It's like, who cares? It's like he got us to lock our old people up. In- and and our kids. And put masks on kids. For no reason. And he destroyed people's lives. And you're worried about some BS science fiction. Like, that's a problem. People can't pay attention to it unless it's some some preposterous story out of a movie. There was no gain. Gain of function has never accomplished anything with viruses. It's all BS, right? So, but it sounds like the kind of thing you'd see on a movie. So people are in there. The truth is, 
They just like flat out lied. That would make a boring movie, right? Yeah, there has to be some sort of plot and strategy. Well, you know, and I think my fear, and I'm probably right here, is that that everybody, like you said, you know, rather than just debate Star Trek and the pros and cons, they're just going to quit watching yeah, and they just want to move on. Move on to- and, yeah, that's and they again, you have if you want to keep wearing your Star Trek gear for the hardcore fans, you really have to model it because that's what it was. It was a thing presented by the media. That's what COVID nineteen is first and foremost. Whatever else it may be, if there's a virus, if it killed a lot of people, it's not the first thing it is. And this is how you have to approach it, or you're doomed, people. And it's not <laughs> going to be easy. You have to kind of work hard to do this. Resist the idea of thinking about it as the way they're presenting it to you, because that's right. not what it is. You don't know. For, first and foremost. It's a it's a it's a thing put on by the media. Right. Maybe it represents reality. Maybe it doesn't. But that's what it was first and foremost. Um, a show put on the media. And when you look at it through that lens, oh yeah, it makes more sense. Like it's like what's happening. But yeah, you gotta like. This is the problem when you give people who are your enemies the power to put bombard you with vocabulary. Yeah, like you just pick up the vocabulary and then. So getting a COVID test is like a person who answers, uh, when did you stop beating your wife question? That's what it is to get a COVID test. You're like, you, you, you've answered, when did, you, when did you stop beating your wife? Yes, COVID, no COVID. It doesn't matter. Right, you right. lose. It's, a, <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's not when have you stopped beating your wife, because you, you, then you can answer that. It is, um, have you stopped beating your wife? Because that one's <laughs> impossible right. to, to answer. We do have some people, though. That want to know some fashion tips. They want to know where you picked up that wonderful wife beater T-shirt you got. Oh yeah, I, it's all I wear. <laughs> Hopefully, wait. No, you have pants on, right? You have pants on. Oh yeah, I mean, all, on top. Yeah. Like, uh, right, right, I, I have. I don't see pe- many people. It's like. Uh, well, listen. <laughs> I am glad we've run out of time. As always, I'm glad our people love you. I'm glad you're back in the saddle. People can yeah, keep check an eye- out Revolver. Hope Revolver News. Like I won't put it up at my uh, my any of my sites until it's there. Like hopefully it's, I haven't gone too. I mean, I hopefully I have. Gone I don't too think far. so. Oh, I mean, for what it's worth, some haven't. of the stuff they have up there, I don't think so. I think you know, and they're they're one of the sites that that puts stuff up and lets people decide. So, Michael, thank you. I'm glad you're back. Thank you guys, great talking. Good to you. see you. Yeah, good, good to, to see you. you guys. Thank you very Hang much. In there. All right. I'm trying. <laughs> that's going to wrap it up for us. Thank you again to as always to Michael Tao, Peggy Probes. Um, and all of you great, wonderful guys on Zoom. Um, catch all of our shows. You can get links to everything at chuckandjulie.com. Um, Friday, we're going to have Daniel Greenfield on. He's a national columnist talking about yeah, some of this whole Ukraine great. stuff. Yeah. yeah and I think one of the other things we're going to do on Friday is talk about the caucuses, which are next week as well. Yeah, we got to, you know, it, it really is important. Caucuses determine how you how you, your party is. And, and you want to be SEC members and all that. And so you can actually get... Be like Chuck be like me um, and more like me because we got too many and people like like peggy good grassroots people and not just establishment hacks so. that's right so we will that's all on friday we'll see you then everybody stay warm if you're in colorado and have a great couple of days we'll see you friday and get one of those white beater t-shirts that's no. very attractive look. i like it. i like it. it's right it works out okay bye everybody bye.